you would with me tonight to the 91st Psalm. Put your reading glasses on. Or get healed, one of the two. Hmm. That'll, that'll, that puts the reading glasses back, doesn't it? Uh-huh. So 2023, what is about 2023 that's different? We know what to do. Say, I know what to do in everything. So every day and in everything we know. We've got to have a confidence. Uh, the, the word says in 1 John, I have a, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Well, we do. We know everything. Uh, even Issachar in the Old Testament, the, the word says they knew what Israel ought to do. So we know what to do. And so, you know, my sweet mother the other day, I talked to her about uh, that uh, her kids might not put her in the ground, that, uh, that Jesus is coming back. Well, the pushback started. <laughs> well, you never know, you know, nobody knows. And I said, well, he's coming, Mom, he's coming. So uh, we know, we, we don't know the day or the hour, but we know right, what's, what's bigger than the day. Well, two days away, we'll know. And just, just, I'll give you your money back if it didn't turn out that way. You just call me and say, I want my money back. I didn't know. But uh, we'll know other things. We know about people. We know about people. So you won't be making any bad deals. You'll discern people. And you'll, it'll be kind of ruthless because they'll seem so sweet. But you'll know what to do. And, uh, but since we know what to do, what's the word saying, James? To whom much is given, much is required. So we can't just sit back as spectators and say, well, bless God, look what I can do. I know what to do. It's for a reason. The sons of Issachar, it was for a reason. They guided the, the, uh, the nation of Israel because they had that gift, that grace, that unction. So, uh, so Psalm 91. I want to talk this evening about what would you do if you were not afraid? I just couldn't let that go from Sunday. So let's read it together. We'll read uh, in King James. You do the best you can. Ready, read. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. And from the noisome pestilence, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion, the adder, 
the young lion and the dragon thou shalt trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life, satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isn't that powerful? You can literally in your flesh feel faith rise up. When you read that with, with conviction, confidence, you, you can actually feel that in your body go, I got this. Just I double dog dare you, devil. That's what that's what the power of the word is. And these are so powerful. So what he's saying here is stay in the safe position. It's a wicked world and we could talk about how it is. And it is and it's liable to get worse. But it will not come nigh thee. And there's a lot of covid things in here. All this covid mess about pestilence and the plague. It, it, we, we pay no attention to it. We get in the secret place and we stay safe in that place. So we said Sunday, are you afraid of dying on any day in 23? You know, a lot of people had, I could tell, I could tell looking at y'all, you'd never thought about it. And, and why would we? Because we're not focused on dying. We're not focused on leaving. But sometimes you got to set a mark out there and just say, this is how it is and it won't be different. I live this year. Now that last verse, it says, with long life, I'll satisfy him. The Lord doesn't take anybody. He's not in the taking business. And you hear people say, uh, you know, well, I, that was a bad thing I went through, but I didn't die. So therefore, the Lord must not be through with me. Yeah, or it wasn't my time. And it's like, well, no, he's not through with anybody until we are. I'm in charge. I'm in control. Aren't you? Amen. We are. So. So if you wonder if you're going to die, if it's your time, just check yourself and see and see if you're satisfied. If you're satisfied, no, I'm not satisfied. I told Darren today, uh, you know, heaven is very, I know about heaven and, and I, that would be good. It is good. But since it's not going to be like Social Security, you know, the sooner you go, the less you get or something like that, since it's not like that. It'll be there in full force when we get there. And so we might as well just go up in the rapture so we can tell somebody, I went first class. I know you, you grave livers had to, had to, you know, but anyway. So we're not afraid of dying on any day in 23. You just got to set that because when trouble comes or if somebody, well, I don't even want to talk about how close you could get. But it wouldn't matter. We're not going. And besides, you've got us. You've got us. We, we, uh, we are a strong tower and the righteous run in are safe. It says your, your name is a strong tower. So we're going to bring his name to any situation. We're not bragging. We're, we're just confident. And you might as well be confident because the only option is to be Willy Waller. So are you afraid something could happen to you like you weren't on death's door? but you would be disabled or you would be incapacitated or you would lose your ability to make a living. I know I've been, uh, you know, there's people that they're interested in buying life insurance when they get close to something or get a prognosis or a diagnosis, whatever. And, you know, so you can tell what's going on. Can't you? 
you know, and it's like, ah, it's time. But, but then, you know, it's hard to buy it when you've got problems. So if you're going to live this whole year, and I am, Amen. I'm going to live this whole year. We'll, we'll check in in January and see about next year. Because it's up to me. It's up to you. I don't know if y'all believe that or not, but I do. And so I'm going to preach it and then you can go off on your own obscure radio station somewhere and, deny, and uh, rebut me. But uh, we'll turn you off. Hallelujah. <laughs> so if you're going to live this whole year and nothing in your future can be touched that would debilitate you, limit you, set you back. I mean, you may go through a thing of recovery where you're just like, OK, the devil snuck up on me or something like that, but I'm back. If that can happen, then you got to say, what could you do if you were not afraid? And I want to talk about that for a minute tonight, about how foolish it is in the light of the revelation and what the Lord's done for us and the revelation of it, how foolish it is to be afraid. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you, fear not. That's the word of the Lord for you. We are fearless. Fear has gripped the lives of almost everybody. This COVID thing has come in and it has it is ripped the facade off of was never strong. It was never, but it, it became obvious. Not just the COVID, but things like that, a pandemic or an endemic or whatever it is. Uh, you found out where people really were. We're not, we're not condemning anybody for getting it or, or whatever. We're just saying how they acted Oh, my Lord, it's like a, an elevator. I talk about that because we were in Russia and we were in one of those elevators that was. It looked it sounded like a little boy was on the was underneath the elevator pulling on the rope and he was trying to eat a banana and an orange and an apple at the same time. And he, you know, he'd go up and it'd come down. So it's like that where people uh, the elevator stops and they start losing their mind and just like we're all going to die. We're all going to die right here. We're all going to die right now. So. I've told you before that that people, when you ask them, what do you re what you regret most in your life? It's not their kids. It's not more money. It's not taking risk. People regret not taking risk of not walking on the water. I'm telling you, there was 11 boys in the boat that they went down the, the, the final trail of their life one day and said, I should have walked on the water. Peter was out there and. Uh, I should have walked on the water. You know, they, they, it never came around again that we know of that they could do that. So we should walk on the water. If it comes by, oh, bless the Lord, let's just go where it is and walk on the water, so to speak. Let's be water walkers and you'll be happier. You'll be happier because it will turn out amazing. I said it will turn out amazing. Well, how do you know it'll turn out amazing? Because the Lord will never let you go. He'll put you in the secret place and you'll abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And you will say of the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress. You are my God and in you I do trust. Well, you've got to go there. We all got to go there. There's no use. There's no glory in being, not being nominal or, or passive or whatever Christians are and not doing something. There's, well, you could be a jazzed up Christian, but if you don't do anything... You're just a spectacle. You're just you're a wannabe. So the Lord wants us to do something with it because he's done with you in the sense of he's you're born again. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You've seen miracles. You've got testimonies. Now he wants somebody that doesn't have that. He wants that in your life so that he can bring them to where you are. 
He wants to show off through you. He finally got us there. I told Deborah, I said, I'm 70. And I just now, if I do, I just now know something about life and about the kingdom and about ministry. I mean, just now, and I'm, I'm not trying to discourage you that you've got to go this long, but I must not, I must, uh, you know, not caught on because you can major on the minors and, and, and be busy, 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 busy all the time and not know what's going on. And I feel like now I'm, you know, the, the curtain's been pulled back uh, for that. Uh, so what could you do if you were not afraid? Well, we don't know because we've always basically been reticent and hesitant and, and draw back. Hebrews says uh, that uh, God has no use for them that draw back. So I don't want to be in that category. It's like, well, you, did, you, did you run into the fire and bring two people out and, and you were a hero? We're not talking about that. We're talking about when nothing seems to be relevant or on fire and you just initiative you just initiate, you just, by unction, you just say, I will do this. And nobody's even thought it, that it should be done. But you just say, I will go and do this. No one's going to condemn you if you don't do it because they don't even know about it. But we, we should be having Holy Ghost videos come by every day and say, why don't you go do that? We did a series a number of years ago like, called, uh, when's the last time you did something for the first time? Well, that's what that ought to be an ongoing. We ought to preach that every month. <laughs> Except we already know the message. Hallelujah. In Ezekiel 25, excuse me, 12, 25. Let me just read it to you because I got a lot of scripture tonight. So Ezekiel 12, 25. I don't really like to do this out of the Old Testament, but this is a good one. He said, for I am the Lord. <laughs> I will speak and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. Now, could you say amen right there? He said, I am the Lord. I, what do you do, Lord? What's your M.O.? What is your calling card? What is what shall we know you by? He said, I will speak and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. That's pretty boasty. You, you know, it's kind of like we can measure that. We can we can graph that. We can if you say it and it doesn't come to pass, Lord, we're going to notice. He said, take notes. I'm good for it. Uh, I shall no more. I shall be no more prolonged for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and I will re I will I will perform it, saith the Lord God. He put that in there. I mean, he he if somebody tells you something and then later they say, oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You said that. No, I didn't say that. I said this. You can't really hold them down. But if they write it down. It's in English and I can read English and there it is. It says, if you say it, you said you'll do it. I'm going to hold. I can hold you to that. There's accountability. The Lord is accountable. So why don't we say that he is so accountable? We're just going to make him accountable. Why don't we do what Malachi says? Prove me now, he'll with, said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that you're not able to receive it. So he said, I am the Lord. I will speak. Well, this is what he spoke. He spoke it. This is his word, and he stand by. He doesn't say, you know, there's a misprint in 1304, and that where I, I didn't mean for that to happen. Well, you'll find people, you go on, uh, online, and there's all sorts of people that say, well, this is a misprint, and the, the, the scribes didn't do this right, and it's like, no. 
He who begun a good work in you will complete it, finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. I believe he can do that in people. He can sure do it in the book. So we're going to believe him. Say, I'm going to believe him. We're going to believe him. It's one thing not to, to know what to believe, to be ignorant, to be, uh, to be out of the loop. But we know what to look at and we know what it means. So we know all things in 2023. So when the word of the Lord comes and we say, ooh, nobody else heard that, did they? But I think he just told me to do something. It's in the word. It's been there all these years. But I think he just spoke to me out of the word of God. Y'all ever had that happen? You ever heard that, heard of that happening? Where you're just reading along, minding your own business, getting edified and blessed. And suddenly something jumps out and says, hey, Michael, I'm talking to you. This is for you. It's personal and it's now. And I'm going to hold you accountable. You look both ways. Did anybody else hear that? Does anybody know that? But you know it. He's been doing this to y'all. I've got little notes all in my Bible where it'll say, uh, it'll say, uh, word of, word of life back then, word of life. Uh, it'll say 2000 and, uh, it'll say November of 2007, the word of the Lord came and I go back through and thumb through it and find it. And so I've been uh, healed before when I read the word and it jumped out. So he said, I'll do my word. I'll perform it. Romans 15, 22. I want you to turn to that one. If you would, please. Because I'm running out of time already. I just got here. I mean, I just got here. 15, 22. So what happens when we say, I will, I will live and not die to declare the illustrious acts of the Lord in 2023? I will be here to declare it. But in verse 22, Paul, the great apostle said, uh, he said, for which cause I also have been much hindered from coming to you. Well, how can that be? Paul is God, isn't he? He never messed up. He never let his guard down. He was always in supernatural faith and like, oh, no. You go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and, uh, you know, he, he, he went through stuff and he, he, they recorded it truly. It's like a journal where you write down a diary or whatever. You write down what really happened. And then six weeks later, you figured out, oh, that's what that meant. You write the answer down. Well, if they didn't read that part, they'd think you were in error. So he said, for which cause also I've been much hindered from coming to you. So there's a hindering that can come to us from doing the will of God. Have you all ever noticed that? And then it says in First uh, Thessalonians 2.17. I think you go east for that one. First Thessalonians. And it's in chapter 2, verse 17. It says, uh, But we, brethren, being taken from you a short time in presence, not in the heart, excuse me, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. You know, he got lonesome back then. Y'all know how lonesome it gets when you're not with like precious faith? I mean, we need each other. You, you may not know, but it's, you get with kin folks and co-workers and you're like, let's go to let's go to church. And then he says, wherefore, we would have come again unto you. Excuse me. We would have come to unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But Satan hindered us. So there's a hindering. And that's our battle. That's our. 
challenge is to set a course and get past the hindering. Now, if you don't set a course, you'll be hindered and you won't even know you were hindered. It'll be, do you all know how many Christians are just having life? Every day is a hindered and they never wrote it down. I was hindered today. Where, where are we going? Nowhere. What were you going to do? Nothing. So hindering didn't mess you up. Not at all. We ate lunch 10 minutes later. That's all. So Psalm 91 said, stay in the safe position. That's where you can get past being hindered. We get hindered when we get out of the safe position. Is that right? Is that right? When we get out of the safe position, we can get hindered. Uh, what does it say in Isaiah 54, 17? No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. But there's a hindering weapon formed all the time. <laughs> it just whether it prospers or not is, is up to us. It goes on and says, in every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. So we got to have a, we got to have a radar up. We got to know I, I'm out of position here. I'm not in my safe place. I'm doing what I shouldn't be doing. I'm messing around or I'm just not doing what I know to do. Here I am just having time and I'm 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 watching this or messing with that or, or whatever people do. I, I don't want to get on that, but you can be hindered and you go, well, how are you hindered? Well, I I didn't read the Bible today. Or I didn't pray for one thing. Or I said I'd do this today for somebody or for myself, for my husband, my wife. And I didn't, I didn't hit a lick. So you may have been hindered. Is anybody slapping you around or yelling at you or writing you a note saying, well, how come you didn't do it? There's no accountability except in here. Is that right? No one knows. No one knows you've been hindered and how or what. But you know, we know. Because we were alive unto God. And so we know we have fellowship and communion with him uh, in that. Uh, Matthew 6, seek ye first. That's the safe position, isn't it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then what will happen? Everything you could have been running after all day and every day will be added unto you. She said, stay, stay, in, stay in the safe position. Now, there's a scripture that I like. It's in Deuteronomy. Don't go there, but it's in Deuteronomy 31, 6. And here's what it says. It's that old Deuteronomy. You know that. It says, be strong and of a good courage. I like that. I like courage stuff. Y'all know I'm, I'm that. I, I, I've, I've watched the movie that nobody will watch. It's about uh, Ernest Shackleton going to South America. <laughs> she fell asleep in 30 minutes. <laughs> And it is boring to the bone, but it's a boy, it's courageous. He tried to be the first one to cross the South Pole. And uh, it's just amazing. Uh, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, fear not, nor be afraid of them. Why? For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Now, if that's Old Testament, whatever's there is in spades here. That's the minimum. It's never going to be less than the Old Testament. Is that right? New covenant, better blood, better promises. Then Joshua chapter 10 verse 24 says, 
When they brought out those kings, and now listen to this, this is cool. When they brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua said unto the captains of the men of war, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. And Joshua said to them, fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do also to your enemies against who you fight. Had a little demo, had a little, uh, what do you call that, uh, a dramatized lesson? What do you all call that in children's church? Yeah. Object lesson. Thank you, sir. He gave an object lesson. He said, come over here. I'm going to show you how this is going to go. You see these boys, these kings? Put your feet on them. Put your, neck, your heel in their neck. Mash a little. Make them grunt. Make them, make them winch. Make them think it's over. Show them pictures of the kids and say, this is the last time you'll ever see them. He said, then, thus saith the Lord, as you see it today is how it will always be. So he told them, don't be afraid of anybody. So I'm telling you what the Lord's telling us. We're not afraid of anybody. Amen. What can man, if God be for us, what can man do against us? We're not afraid of anybody. Uh, he said, uh, do not be, fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of a good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you fight. So they had to go fight them, but they knew how it would turn out. So we have a battle every day. You have a battle, a personal battle. And he said, it's okay. So the word of the Lord is fear not, only be strong and of a good courage. Only be strong. So it, mean, it doesn't mean you just sit there and say, well, I'm not thinking about anything, not going to do anything. He said, just pick what you're going to do. Don't fear. Be strong and of a good courage. So they can't coexist, can they? It's one or the other. So if you're in fear, you're not in strong and of good courage. He said, be, be mindful of how you can choose. So uh, let me ask you a question tonight. Did Jesus defeat the devil forever? Yes. Colossians chapter 2. Let's just, we're not going to read all of them, but I'm going to read this one. Did Jesus defeat the devil, the enemy of man? Did he defeat him forever? Did he totally take him out? He did. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. This is the one that's got little red stars about it. You can hardly read it. It's got so many markers around it. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened? It's the same word that's in verse 12 that says, ye are risen. Hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses? I am forgiven. Let's say it. I am forgiven all your trespasses. Well, not that one. Oh, yeah, that one. That one, that booger. Can you say booger in church? Okay. Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, the accuser of the brethren, which was contrary to us. We didn't deserve it. And took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers. Oh, 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 y'all. We're going to get to see the video of this someday. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The word openly there means publicly. It was viewed around the world, the demonic world, the angelic world. It, everybody saw it under the earth 
and above the earth. He made a show of them openly, trying over them in it. So he defeated the devil forever. So why, are, why would any Christian be afraid? Why would any tithing Christian who, who, why would any communion receiving Christian where we affirm the covenant? Tithing is, affir tithing is affirming the covenant. He said, he said Deuteronomy 8.18, he said, don't say my wealth has gotten, my hand has gotten this wealth, but he gave us this wealth. The tithe, you, when you affirm that covenant, when you take that communion, boom, you're painting a new coat of, yeah, this wall got a little dirty, a little scruffed up, but we're going to paint over it and it'll look like it's brand new. And that's what we do. So, uh, yay. Then did Jesus break the curse of the broken wall, law? Galatians chapter three. Let's just turn there since you're just handy. You're in the neighborhood. Galatians chapter three. I hope you got this one marked. It says in verse 13, Christ hath. I, I don't know if they teach it now that way, but hath is past tense. It's like already done. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, obviously, the implication there, the law is not evil, but the broken law is a curse, isn't it? So there's an implication there of the broken law being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree or a cross, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So here we are. Jesus took away the curse of the broken law, which we were all guilty of. He took it away. He solved the broken, the curse of the broken law problem. He solved it. So third question is, did Jesus take care of the sin problem? Well, he did. Mostly for some things, for some people, or when you hadn't stacked them up. Well, I got five of them stacked up this week. I know you only do four. So I'm going to carry that fifth one around. Well, that might not be right. It says in Romans chapter six, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Jesus thinks that he solved the sin problem. We're just going to go with him. We're going to go with him. So uh, what about authorities and powers and rulers? Are, are we subject to them in any way? Because they do, they do mess up life for the Christian. Would you all agree? They hinder. Sometimes they hinder. We saw that. But they can mess up stuff if you're not aware, if you're not in your safe place. If you've strayed out and just said, I'm going to take a day off from the kingdom of God, uh, he might have noticed it on your calendar and come after you. So uh, are we subject to the powers or this power subject to us? Well, in Genesis, oh, I like this one, don't y'all? Verse 26, 126 says, God said, let us make man in our own image. What does that mean? After our likeness. What does that mean? And let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle over all the earth, over all the earth, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. I looked up the word dominion in the Hebrews, the Hebrew. And in the Amplified, I looked it up there first. It said, the word is, let them have complete authority over them. Complete means that's all there is. 
It's like, well, you're, you're a first lieutenant. We'll let you do first lieutenant things, devil. No, all of them, but private all the way up. The word dominion means to tread down, to subjugate. I kind of like that one. That has to do with that king thing where he put, they put their foot on them. To prevail or bear against, it means to rule or reign over. Now, y'all, unless there's any doubt about that, those words, we should not be afraid of anything. Because we've been given dominion and power to reign and rule over everything. Read, read verse 26. It's over everything. God said, let's do it right the first time so we won't have any. What, what do they do when you bring a car back? You, you won't have any of those comebacks. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 says, still on this same thing about does this, are we subject to the, to the powers or the powers subject to us? Ephesians 1.19 says, according to the working of his mighty power. You think God didn't have enough power that he did, had to put mighty in front of it? Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. When he raised him. The greatest exercise of power and authority that's ever been done is when Jesus was raised from the dead. It was a total and absolute and complete work. And he goes on, he said, and set him at his, I like this, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus and hath raised us up to oh, verse chapter two, verse six says, and hath raised us up together. That would be me. That would be you. Hath raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So right there there is. There's a long bench. And the Lord, you know, you've seen all the pictures of Jesus. He was a skinny guy. So there's room for all us other ones to sit on there with him. It's not like, ah, oh, this is... I can't sit here long, Lord Jesus. You need to go down some weight. No, there's plenty of room for all of us. Seated with him and together in heavenly places. So what would you be afraid of? What would I fear? Why would I ever flinch at something that came up? What could you do if you were not afraid? Well, then we're going to have to ask, how could you be afraid? You hadn't renewed your mind. You've attached value to things you've seen, heard, experienced from somebody. Somebody said, oh, yeah, I, I had an uncle that had that diagnosis and he died flat as a flitter. He, he was gone in no time. You hear that and you go, well, what about me? That's what the doctor said about me. So that stuff gets in. What could you do if you were not afraid? So, like I said, the question is, is. Why would you be afraid? It because we didn't believe the word because the word is explicit. Would you all agree tonight? We read the explicit word and said, if God's word is true and he said it was, he said, if I write it down, I'm going to I'm going to keep it. So uh, how brave, how brave could you and me be during the day, during the week, during our life this year, this year, 23? How brave could we be if we believe the word was true? That the devil's defeated, the curse is broken, the sin problem is over. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I'm in a place of authority. Everything's under my feet. We could have read that one in Ephesians 1. He hath, he hath put all things under his feet. Well, that's the body of Christ. That's us. Yay, I'm not afraid. 
I'm not afraid. If God be for us, what can man do against us? That's in Romans. So let me read you one, two, three, four, five scriptures. Just, just hold your seat right there. 2 Corinthians 2.14, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge in us in every place. Uh, there's, there's a go to the house scripture right there. We don't even need any more. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I'm done. Go to the house. I, 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 I'm convinced. I'm, he did it. I got it. It's over. But then he goes on and says in 1 John 4, 4, You have got a little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than everybody else. Everything. Then he goes to 1 John 5 and he says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? It's a rhetorical question. But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So by transposition, I overcome the world. Because I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I overcome the world. That means the devil doesn't have any place. That means the curse is over. It means sin has been broken. What else is there? What else is there besides sin? The curse? What else is there? Oh. Then there's 1 John 4. 1 John, 1 John was a, a heavy hitter. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And then it goes on. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. So if fear is the problem, it's because we haven't been perfected in love. God loves me right now. God loves me. He can't love me more. I can't do anything that will make him love me more, approve of me more, uh, take away a stain that, uh, I, yeah, we can't do much for you today. You come back tomorrow when you've dealt with that nasty thing in your life. That's not there. Fear hath torment. He casts, perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. Now that is the truth. Have y'all seen people in fear? Have you, do you have a memory of your own self being in fear? Oh yeah. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So that's what we're doing. God loves me. When? Not, not right now because I got to work on some stuff. No, we don't have to work on anything. It's already happened. And then lastly, and this is, this is one I, I had to go back and re redo my whole notes because I told Deborah and I got one. 1 Corinthians 7.23, this is just about my favorite scripture. Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. You are not your own. Ye are bought with a price. That's 1 Corinthians 7.23. And then there's another one of, in chapter 6. I'm bought with a price. So, what do I care? What do I care what happens to me? I mean, okay, it blew up and I went to heaven. What do I care? What, what if I care if people make fun of me? I laid hands on somebody and, and, and they walked away and they didn't get healed till later. They were healed then, but they didn't manifest till later or whatever. 
and people made fun of you. What do you care? What do you care? You think Curry Blake cares? And he's, he's just as human and, and, and fleshly, fleshy as we are. I mean, he's a man. He is not. He, he is not Jesus. Yeah, I like him as good as I like anybody, but. So if he can miss it. Or if we can miss it, he could miss it. So here we are. What would you do if you were not afraid? You ought to write it down somewhere. You ought to write it down somewhere. Something I've never done that I need to do. Kind of a bucket list. I don't like that word bucket list because the bucket means, you know, kick the bucket. You know, a hundred things you're going to do before you kick the bucket. Well, we, we don't deal in those kinds of things. But, but the thought is there like before we'll say we're going to say our rapture list. A hundred things I'm going to do before he comes and gets me. How about that? Take the bucket out of it. And I just know if you've ever looked back and seen your old dream books, which I have, you go, wow, I was, I was spite, I was fiery back then. I, I mean, I was, I had a million dollars before I was 35 in my dream book. I'm not ashamed of that at all. It's like, okay, let's fire up. I may have got the timing off. I didn't know everything I know now. In 2023, I, I know everything. How about firing up for a million dollars? You go, well, how would it come? Well, right there, you know, you, got, you, got, you, need, to, you need to put $10 in there instead of a million. I'm believing God for a, a $10 bill. Well, you're little. You're just too little for us to even mess with. You're, you're not in the program. But you can be. Fear not and only be strong and of a good courage. What would you do? What could you do if you were not afraid? If it didn't matter? If it didn't matter that you had a potential failure, what would it matter? Why, you, you and I have already got a thousand failures in our life logged in. Do y'all know that? Yes. Don't think you just showed up this evening and you... Uh, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Mr. Perfect and uh, I may mess up someday, but so far I'm... No, we, we're full of them. And look where the Lord's brought us anyway. Amen. So he's not through. I have a thing on my life right now. It's like I finally got where I can do something. I hadn't done it yet, but I, I know I can. And so it's like, giddy up. You ought to get a giddy up on you. Amen. Amen. What would we do if we were not afraid? Did you write that down somewhere? Everybody write it down somewhere. Someone, you write it in your, in your notes or something. Write that phrase down. What could I do if I was not afraid? If I took some risks? I mean, I can't imagine you didn't write it down, but, but uh, let's make sure we do. Plus what we did Sunday, we're going to get rid of some hindering things. Things that have hindered. We're not telling anybody. It's none of their business. It's, you know, we don't care. But one thing about it, as soon as we get this one knocked back, we're not done. We're going to go to the next one. There might be two in somebody's life. Imagine that. Might be three. But we're not going to wonder about number two and number three. We're going to just think about what's number one. Because we'll be a whole new man, whole new woman in Christ 
when we get that thing back. We'll, we'll march the victory. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are so, so taking care of us. There has just never been a slopped, I mean, a dropped uh, situation. It's just been perfect every time. As soon as we knew what you were talking about. So, Lord, I thank you for the next few days and weeks that we are taking risks. We are stepping out on the water. We do not want to go to heaven saying, I just couldn't get out of that old boat. I was afraid. We just banish fear and doubt. We just say, you're not us. You're not us. I'm born again. I'm full of Holy Ghost. And I will do exploits with my life while I live. We thank you, Lord, for helping us. We need help. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God.